1: Hey, what's up? Hello, we're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast, presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Download it today, use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. Not going to waste a ton of time here because I am super stoked about today's guest, Ryan Stonehouse, rookie punter for the Tennessee Titans spent more than a half an hour with me kind of reflecting on his record-setting rookie season. We dove into his time at Colorado State, proving doubters wrong, how they fuel his fire. I mean, it's still absolutely insane to me that he didn't even get an invite to the combine. Think about that. The NCAA's all-time leader in punting average didn't even get an invite to the combine. And in a wonky year where four punters were drafted, he did not hear his name called lunacy People should lose their jobs for that type of miss. But fortunately, our guy Stoney has been able to make a name for himself out in Nashville. Uh, We also talked about beating out Brett Kern. It wasn't an easy situation going into Tennessee. But Stonehouse actually kind of gave some insight into why he viewed it as a valuable opportunity to just learn under Brett Kern and pick up on what it's like to be a pro, the routine of it all. I know that you guys are really going to enjoy this one. I'm super appreciative of Ryan for making time out for me. He was always great to cover when he was at CSU, and he could not have gotten back to me quicker for this interview. Couldn't have been easier to work with. He's just a great dude. Before I play that audio, the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for the wildcard round is obviously with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road for Super Bowl 57, new customers can place just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place an NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet on the NFL playoffs anywhere else? Personally, I am not a big fan of the NFL's new playoff schedule. I liked the original format better, or I guess not the original format, but the format that I grew up with, the top two seeds getting the bye, now only the one seed gets the bye. Whatever, we do get football on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. So really looking forward to getting in on all of that action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. New customers place a $5 bet on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also want to shout out the homies over at Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair. We've worn durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. It is perfect for Colorado living but stylish enough for any other scenario. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Ray is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR, or visit them in store at Park Meadows Mall for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, I am stoked because we have a very special guest on the DNVR Rams podcast today. Ryan Stonehouse, Tennessee Titans starting punter, Colorado State alum is joining the show. Ryan, I'm sure it's been a crazy couple of days, couple of weeks even. Uh, Just first things first. How you doing? I'm sure you're kind of just taking a, a minute to to breathe after this whole season.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely been surreal. You know, I didn't necessarily um, expect the accolades, some of the accolades, especially, you know, having your jersey and cleats going to the Pro Ho- Football Hall of Fame. But um, it's been nice kind of being able to, you know, sit back and, and uh, reminisce on kind of what the season was and my training this last year and And yeah, just take a deep breath, you know, unfortunately, I would love to have gone to the playoffs, you know, that'd been awesome. But, you know, I think right now it is really nice to be able to kind of, you know, sit back and relax.
1: Well, first off, congratulations. Not a surprise to anybody that covered you or followed you in college that you've, you know, gone on to the next level and had success. I definitely want to pick your brain on that. But just before we kind of get into that, I I wanted to, you know, ask you about what this entire process was like, because it wasn't as if you went into a situation where you were the established number one guy, you had to beat out Brett Kern, who, I mean, he's one of the most consistent punters in the NFL over the last 15 years. What was that like? And, and what was it like getting signed by the Titans? I mean, did you have a lot of contact with them before the draft? Just kind of what was that whole process like?
0: Yeah. So, um, so really the process, to get to get signed there. It was kind of interesting, you know. I um, I did have communication with them. They ran our pro day um, in Fort Collins, and and uh, I, I made a great relationship with the assistant special teams coach Chase Blackburn over the time um, throughout the process, and and really, you know, towards towards the end of the draft, and obviously they gave me a call after, and and my agent was able to work out a deal with them. Uh, I knew that was a spot that. Um, that I really, that I would, would have accepted to go based on, you know, just the fact that I get to learn behind Brett Kern. And, um, you know, I thought that there might be a possibility where I, where I end up on practice squad or, or what, you know, you really never know with free agency, you know, usually when you have a draft that, that has, f- uh, what was it? Four punters go in the draft, you know, those are usually the main spots that opened up in the league. Right. You know, th- if it was, if it was no punters going in and there is only one spot available, you know, that was wide open that usually doesn't come up in free agency. Um, so with that being said, yeah, I, uh, I, um, obviously signed with the Titans and, and I knew that it would be an uphill battle, you know, going against Brett Kern, obviously he's established with the Titans. He's only been on the Broncos, his rookie year and through his second halfway through his second year. Um, and so I, I knew that that was going to be, like I said, an uphill battle. So when I got in there, you know, I, I didn't try to like, I don't know. I didn't try to like make myself seem like I've been there, or done that. You know, I, I tried to stay humble and, and, you know, learn people around the facility, make relationships. I mean, the biggest thing that I really wanted to accomplish my rookie year is just gain the trust of, you know, the coaches and my teammates and the fans and like just the organization as a whole. You know, and I knew that if I could compete against Brett and and win, that I'd need that support behind me. You know, throughout the year, so so that's what I did when I came in. I just tried to make relationships. I made a relationship with Brett, and um, yeah, ultimately, you know, camp was camp was a grind. I, I mean, I put my best foot forward really every day. You know, I mean, I know that uh, I know that Brett did too. I think we both pushed each other in camp um, in OTAs. And, um, and then, yeah, I was, I was lucky enough, you know, I got a couple shots in the first two preseason games, but really, really what helped me out was that I took advantage of that last preseason game, um, and had a, and had a really good game. And I think ultimately that's what helped push their decision, uh, to choose me to start. Um,
1: what was that game like, that, that third preseason game? Like how much was that on your mind going into the game? Because I think at that point you had to know. I have a legitimate shot to win this job.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did. I really did. You know, I knew that it would take, you know, one of my better games. I knew that I couldn't have a bad game in that game or or they would have probably decided to to keep Brett. Um, so, yeah, it was on my mind. But but once I got into the game and got into the rhythm, I mean, I think the other thing that I think helped out a lot with that game was that how many punts I had. I think I had like five, six or seven. I forget how many punts. It was a lot of punts in the game and I think that just helped me get into a rhythm and keep my mind off of it I think if I only only would have had like two punts it would have been a lot I would have had a lot more time to think about um, them and and you know more time to to obviously create things in my own head but really I just got into a groove in that game and um yeah ultimately it turned out really well you know I I put my best foot forward I thought after that.
1: That makes sense. I mean, if, if you would have only got like one punt, you probably would have been sitting there the whole game like, all right, I mean, yeah, not the offense to score. I mean, it's your teammates and all of it kind of like an opportunity to show what I can do here.
0: Totally, yeah. I mean, and, and that's what was kind of the, I don't know, that was the the most exciting part about the whole, whole thing was just, I took a deep breath after that last preseason game because I knew that the season had just begun from there. You know what I mean? And how hard I was competing and training, like I knew that that would that would eventually help me. But but I definitely, you know, realized, hey, this is gonna be a seventeen game season. This is a long season. Like, just take each game and stride. You know what I mean?
1: What was Brett like? I mean, was there any tension there? Any animosity? It, based on what yeah. I've read, it kind of seemed like he was a mentor to an extent. But I mean, I'm sure there's always, you know, that, yeah, that divide because you know, you're going for his job.
0: Well, Brett's a competitor, and I and I know that you know he obviously, like I wouldn't be happy that any anybody takes their job or comes in and, and beats him out. Um, but he handled it like a pro. I mean, he's a vet. You know, he helped me out here and there with certain things, just giving me little pointers. I mean, the most he helped me, I didn't even know. I mean, just watching him and how he was around the facility with guys and the treatment that he did and how he took care of his body after last year and. And, uh, that kind of stuff is kind of what I thought about when I was picking the Titans after the draft or whatever. Um, I thought this would be a great opportunity to do that. And so he really helped me out in a lot of ways that he didn't intentionally try to do. Um, but Brett, Brett obviously was a great guy. You know, we formed a relationship through, through OTAs and through camp. I mean, even though we were competing, you know, we still had good times, laughed together. You know, it it was, uh, we had a really good relationship. Um, and, and I'm just blessed that we still have a good relationship after that, you know, and that I can still pick his brain about stuff and, you know, that, that, um, we still talk and, and, and I think that's just great. I think it's something that we can both benefit from. I hope that we both made each other better. Cause I truly do feel like he made me better. Um, and I, and I hope that the feeling is mutual. So, um, but yeah, it was definitely a, definitely a cool experience. I mean, you know, he, like I said, he handled it like a pro. I remember when he came and told me that I had won the job and that's how I found out. And I thought, you know, that, that was, that was uh, pretty big for him to, you know, come and say that and congratulate me and stuff. And, um, it just goes to show what type of person he is. Um, and, and it was just a very cool experience.
1: I want to go back to one of the things you mentioned at the beginning, which is that Four punters got drafted, which is definitely more than usual. Um, I I've been very vocal on Twitter that it doesn't make sense to me that you were one of the punters that went undrafted. Um, I don't understand the Ray Guy Award stuff. I don't understand not getting invite to combine all of it. You know, you you told me during pro day how it you know it, it puts a chip on your shoulder. At this point. I mean, is that stuff still fueling you or have you shown totally. that you can just kind of, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I think, I mean, I think just part of my whole career as a whole, there's always been, I wouldn't, I would say a doubter, but I would. I also would just say somebody who's just unsure uh, somebody who still has some boxes that I need to tick for them. Um, and that's just kind of been my whole life really. Um, you know, even this year with, yeah, I see a lot of things about the Pro Bowl or the um, the All Pro, whatever it is. Right, there's still going to be people that are like, "He should have got that. Look what he did," and uh, that kind of stuff does still fuel me. I mean, you know, I have a great relationship with two of the punters that got drafted, uh, Jordan Stout and Jake kamarta, um, and I and I like, and I hold nothing like you know, I don't I don't hold like a grudge against anybody or like, yeah. man, I should have been the one drafted at four. But I do think about, man, that would have been awesome and and not that I deserve it, but, you know, it just goes to show that like, hey, the work that I put in can can translate in the league and, um, you know, and and be successful, you know. And that's kind of what I was shooting for um, is to kind of have that be successful, you know, and and prove to people that, hey, like what I'm doing is – can translate and can translate in a big way. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people lose sight and uh, they see my fifty-three yard average and and kind of like you're familiar with. Everyone thinks, oh, he just out kicks his coverage; he kicks the ball too far, you know. But we set the the rookie net record, you know what I mean? And and to me, I don't see that as like, oh wow, this is the peak. I see that as so much more opportunity in between your net and your gross to just grow and to to get better and to you know, eventually, hopefully break the, and you know, NFL net record. I mean, that's kind of the goal, you know, and um, I just see a lot of untapped, you know, opportunities.
1: I think that's a good way to look at it. I also feel like, I mean, net is, is clearly an important stat to look at, but I always feel like it's also sometimes unfair to punters because there are elements that are out of your control with net. Like a gunner could just miss the tackle. Now that all of a sudden, you know, your average is going to get screwed up there. Totally. Why do you feel like you've been overlooked, though? I mean, is it a random yeah. assortment effect? I mean, I know coming out of college, the whole altitude argument got used against you a lot, which didn't even match up with the numbers when you looked at your numbers away from altitude. But Totally. Yeah, why do you was. think it is?
0: I mean, I, I can give you a couple reasons. You know, one, especially for the NFL. I mean, I, I can give you some solid reasons. You know, honestly, like, I would, I would have had questions, Mark, two by myself. One, one was just uh, – oh, did I lose you? Well, no nope, so there yeah okay i said well, one was just holding you know in general um and uh just because i held one year you know in the nfl they put a big party obviously making kicks is huge in the nfl so i really worked hard on that this off season in training camp and um brett helped me with that a lot and um so we really uh we really like i said we really worked on that a ton um, and I think that that's something that got made me get overlooked. I think one of the things is I didn't kick off. So getting drafted, they always, they had that kind of question mark. Well, Oh, can he kick off? You know, if he were to kick off, what would it look like? Um, but I think the biggest factor I think throughout the whole thing was that I'm obviously on the smaller side of, of any NFL player, let alone a punter, you know? And so there's always a the question mark. Well, will it relate to, to the NFL or, or, you know, and I think that, like, it just goes to show that, like, when you take risks and take chances on people, you know, that that ultimately you can work out. And I think that, like, you know, the Titans really did that for me. I know both of my best teams coaches, you know, uh, Craig Ackerman and, and uh, Chase Blackburn. I mean, they really w- allowed me to be who I was, which I'm extremely grateful for that. And, and it really um it obviously turned into this season. And so I was just extremely blessed to be in that situation. But yeah, I mean, I think being overlooked is, 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 you know, it's tough, but there's a lot of reasons that a lot of people make. But I think when you pull away all the, the you know, all that, those three examples that I gave you, like at the core, you're still, you know, producing and you got to look at the, you got to look at the productivity of, of that. And I don't think a lot of people do. And that's kind of what, what, um you know, is just, Again, just kind of a stigma around the NFL. You know, you just latch on to these stereotypes or whatever. And people like comfort and they don't love change and they like they want it to fit in the box. And not everything's like that. You know what I mean? So um that's kind of that's kind of what I got for you on what I think personally.
1: I like your perspective, man. You you're keeping it calm, you're using it as motivation, but it's not, you know, like irrational or anything like that. You let you yeah. let people like me go on Twitter, and I'll I'll go on rants and fight these people for
0: totally. you. <laughs> totally, it's it's funny because like I I I always say that like my whole career I've made more people fans of my career in general just because of the fact that I am overlooked. You know, I don't think I would ha- I don't think I would have the support that I have without being overlooked, and I think that that's somewhat of a positive because I think it just in the grand scheme of things, it makes more people kind of look closely at instead of just trying to make everything fit all perfectly. Like you said, you start thinking a little more critically about, well, you know, like maybe net's not always on the punter. Maybe it's on the gun. I mean, like that's where you start to actually realize some of the things that, that go into punting and, and that it's not always so cookie cutter. Like I think everyone wants it to be, you know?
1: No, I think it's spot on. I mean, just being honest, like from getting to to follow Hayden Hunt and then you, it made me interested in punning because you guys were just so much better at it than anybody I'd ever seen, and so I could see just the finesse. I go, I guess that goes into it, and that you know goes in line with just being around more and getting to see what goes into it and all that little factors. Cool. Like I said, it it never made sense to me that you you didn't get further in the Ray Guy conversation, but same time, you're, you're doing your <laughs> thing now, so. I think yeah. it's all right.
0: Yeah, no doubt. There might be some other reasons for that too, but <laughs> there's a lot
1: of those awards are kind of suspect. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, it's open
0: to bias and, and everybody's got an opinion. You know, there's a ninety ways to skin a cat and unfortunately they just skin it differently than I do. You know what I mean?
1: All right, y'all, we will get right back to that interview with Ryan in just a second, but I have to talk to you guys about the friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion, and there's no better way to watch a game than having some ice cold Breck Brews on deck. Breck Brew has been doing it for over 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. Absolutely love that. We, as a CSU community, are obviously climate conscious. And what's really dope is they just have an epic variety. They now have the Mile High City Golden Ale. You can actually come out on the 13th for a Breckenridge slash Nuggets watch party at the bar. There's going to be drink specials, $6 Mile High City Golden Ale drafts, uh, first dibs on the Breck DNVR shirt collab, which is fire. retro theme. Nuggets game starts at 8. Make sure you come through. If you don't want to try that, I recommend the Avalanche Amber Ale. You can never go wrong there or Funslinger, their new collab with Never Summer Snowboards. It is incredibly crushable. Check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a Breckenridge brew near you. Finally, it's time for everybody's favorite moment, the DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. I'm rocking in the NFL. I am going to look at the futures and check out the Super Bowl odds. A couple weeks ago, I got the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 500. They are now the betting favorite at plus 350. I still think that is where the best value is with Patrick Mahomes and this team. Talked about it on the pod yesterday, but they feel a lot like Georgia in a sense where they've essentially just been playing with their food. They're bored with the regular season. They know what the postseason is all about. I think we see a new and inspired Chiefs in this playoff. I mean. They're literally playing with their opponents. They did that little ring around the rosy play against the Raiders. It's insane. I don't know how you stop a guy like Mahomes. I just don't. Defense is a little suspect, but I think you can make the same uh, same criticisms of Buffalo. Cincinnati, probably my next favorite at plus 800, but at plus 350, I still think the value is good enough to bet on Mahomes and the Chiefs. Lock it in. DraftKings pick of the week what um what is what is it like to know that you are in the pro Football Hall of Fame or your cleats and your jersey are you know in this just room filled with football history and all these great legends i mean that's pretty special to do that in your yeah. first season in the NFL
0: yeah totally I mean it's definitely it's definitely surreal I mean that's the word I keep using um and and unexpected uh like obviously I, this wasn't a goal that I st- strive for and I think some of the best accolades that you get are sometimes the most unexpected um accolades and and this is one of them you know and I think that like it's just such an honor to kind of be able to to rewrite history in a way and and you know break a record um it's something that you don't do every day uh you know I hope that I can you know keep my keep breaking the record you know that's my hope you know what I mean and like I said hopefully that translates to breaking the net record and um but I think that yeah it's very surreal experience and and just just like I said an honor to kind of be among the people that came before me and to you know just have a sliver of of um you know part in NFL history
1: I promise I'm going to let you get out of here, but I just wanted to pick your brain on a couple of things real quick. Mm-hmm. One, what's the biggest difference between college life and NFL life? I mean, obviously other than just not having to deal with class and homework, I mean, is the, is the schedule as far as training somewhat comparable, more hours, less hours? What's that like?
0: Yeah. I mean, um, obviously the biggest difference is, you know, you're at the facility from like seven to five here. Um, in college, you're really not around that much. You know, you're only maybe around for four hours, three hours at a time during the season. So there's a lot more that goes into the day in the NFL. um, Just obviously because, you know, they can, Uh, there's no restriction on time or whatnot. Um, And I also think that one of the biggest differences in the NFL is just the way guys approach the game. You know, I know it's so funny because when I, when I was in college, i uh i never realized i guess like how important it is to study your opponent you know and i don't think colleges at least for csu at the time i don't think they put enough importance on individual film study while you're around the facility you know obviously guys in the nfl go home and they watch film and and whatnot but like because they're these guys around the facility they're they're picking everybody's brain about certain guys and they're constantly around you know studying for their opponent and, and it's just such a it's such a really cool environment to be around when guys like you're just around a bunch of pros who who do it right and who you know are ultimately very good at what they do so i think that that's you know the biggest difference for me is, was that seeing that seeing how guys handle themselves um, you know, the way they showed up to work and to, you know, like everything, their whole day was that there wasn't distractions. There wasn't really outside conversations. It was, it was football. So it's very, very professional. It's definitely, definitely, um, something that is vastly different from college.
1: What's the favorite place you went this year? Favorite city to play in?
0: Mm. Well, Arrowhead was the cool stadium. Lambo, uh, Lambo, and Arrowhead were pretty cool. Just the history, and you know, obviously Arrowhead. I mean, the environment on you know Sunday night f- or Thursday night football. I mean, unreal experience. Um, but uh, but yeah, Lambo for the history. I mean that that place, like you know, walking down the halls and being in the same locker room as. I mean, it's just it's it's very. Um, you have to take a step back and kind of soak it in that that's like kind of where you're playing
1: last thing i wanted to ask you here i'm sure you were crazy slammed with you know your your own stuff but i'm curious have you been able to talk to jay norvell at any point in the last year do you have any thoughts on the direction of the program now it, it seems like they're trying to get more engaged with the alumni i'm just curious if you had any any yeah conversation I mean, I, that... when i was
0: doing my draft process i did i did speak to him a handful of times. Um, which is cool. I think he's a great guy. Um, obviously, I don't know him on a personal level, you know, outside of that. Um, he hasn't reached out to me during the season. I, I know he's busy, obviously, and, and I don't expect that whatsoever. Um, but I think the program is heading in the right direction. I think that, you know, he's a great leader and obviously his track record speaks volumes. You know, I think it's very difficult for a head coach um, in the group of five to come in and, you know, bring his style of play and immediately translate it just because in college, the personnel just is so much same with the NFL. I mean, you know, you look at the Titans, you look at Derrick Henry, I mean we build our offense around Derrick Henry. So it's just for, for his style of offense, you know, he really needs these pieces in place uh, to run his team the way he wants to. And, and, you know, I think, like I said, I think his track record speaks for itself. I think he's on the right way to you know, continue his legacy in college football and to do that. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for CSU. You know, I, I um, unfortunately, I mean, to one bowl game, you know, and actually me and uh, Gallup were talking about that. You know, I was like, man, the last time I saw you was in the New Mexico bowl. You know what I mean? Like, and the thing about that, I was like, man, I really only played in one bowl game and I would love to see to see CSU really get back on that track and, and, um, and I, I think consistency is kind of the key, uh, you know, keeping, keeping Jay around and, um, you know, getting the players bought in. I mean, I remember before the transfer portal, I remember when I was there, I mean, guys were there the whole time. I mean, look at Toby, you look at Adam Prentice, you look at, I mean, I know Adam transferred out, but I had guys with me a long, long time. Um, and you just don't see that anymore. So I think that I'd love. If, if and i think he could do it i think if he could bring guys back you know to stay at CSU the whole time that would just go to show that hey this is the mission we're on and this is what we're you know committed to doing and and i think he's i think he's going to do it so
1: this is a whole can of worms so you, we don't have to go that far into it but what do you think about the transfer portal i mean just as a guy that played all 5 years for one school i mean do you think this is good for college football I know the coaches have always been able to leave. So that's, I think it's a fair argument. You should have some freedom there. I also just wonder if a lot of guys are walking away from credits and, you know, passing, you know, walking away from a scholarship and not necessarily having a landing spot. I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I worry about some of these guys.
0: Yeah. So I, and I totally agree with you. So uh, I have a unique perspective. So my cousin, Jack just transferred to Syracuse and I'll speak on his situation because it's something that I know and I don't, obviously I don't want to speculate on other people, but, um, you know, Jack didn't have a scholarship at Missouri. He played there for, for two years, one year he started. Um, and, and, uh, he basically was pretty much, Hey, if, if I start, will I have a scholarship? And he asked that last year and they were like, absolutely, you know, no doubt. Well, when the season ended, they were like, well, we don't know, you know, we're not sure if we can give you a scholarship. And, um, you know, and the relationship he had with the head coach wasn't great. You know, I know it was younger, you know, but the the respect really wasn't mutual there um, between either person. And, and so I think it was best for him to move on in terms of just a relationship standpoint and, and kind of a trust, you know, not, you know, having someone say you're going to get something and not get it after putting in the work, you know, is something we're like, ah, do I really trust you, you know, especially as a head coach. Um, And so I think that, he made the right decision for him, but I also asked him, and this is kind of the, the thing that, that I would ask every kid if I had the opportunity to enter the portal. I said, why did you go to college? Did you go to college to go to Missouri? Did you go to college to have your career outside of football? Did you go to college for football? What did you go to college for? You know, I can answer for me, I went to college to play football. You know, honestly, I got a degree on top of that, but I went to college to play football. And so for me, I, any opportunity that I got to play football, I would have taken no matter what. And I, and to your, to your point, you know, some of these credits not transferring over if some of these kids are on the fence about, you know, well, I, you know, I I don't know. Like I want to continue my education at CSU. I know my my transfer, well, I would say you got to stay at CSU. That's where your heart's at. Don't just. You know, I think a lot of it gets skewed because family gets involved and, you know, they want you to go play and they're, your mom and dad are upset that your playing time diminishes, you know, but, but going back to, going back to Jack, you know, he got a scholarship at Syracuse, you know, it's looking like, you know, he has an opportunity, a really good opportunity to start immediately. And I think the transfer portal worked out great for him. And his goal was to play college football and continue that. That is my biggest thing, I guess, for the transfer portal is you got to know your intentions. Um, Where do you fall? Like, how good are you? You know, I think there's a lot of false confidence out there right now with a lot of guys. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of guys that really don't understand either how good they are or how much they need to develop or improve. And they, you know, they transfer to these schools and not realize, like, I'm back at the same situation because I didn't allow myself to improve, right? And so if I was, let's just, this is an example. If, If I was, you know, not starting and I was a backup and I was not happy with where I was, I would take full advantage of being where I'm at and maximize my ability, my strength, go full tilt until I felt like I was at a good level, whether that took one or two years. Because the reality of the situation is it really only takes... And I was speaking as a punter. It really only takes one year, one good year to make it to the NFL, one good year. And so I would try to develop where my feet are as best as I can. And if after two years of going full, 100% committed to the program, committed to your training, committed to being the best, if you get that opportunity somewhere else, you'll take full advantage because you're ready for it. But I think a lot of these guys, right, the woe is me, the I'm not starting. I'm just going to sit here as a backup and then I'm not happy. And the next step is I'm just going to throw my name in the transfer portal and see if I can go somewhere else. Those are the type of people where it's like, okay, you're not making a smart decision for school, your future or football. Neither one is benefiting. Right. So that's my thoughts on it. I mean, obviously, it's a whole, like you said, it's a whole can of worms. And, and there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. Every player's situation is uniquely different. Um, But I, you know, I see a lot of guys at CSU that have extreme amounts of talent that transfer out. And it makes sense to me sometimes. You know, I see Dante Wright.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not know? playing. So at that point. It,
0: he's not playing, you know you know, Jay's come out publicly and said, we want big, tall receivers. It doesn't fit the scheme and that's fine. It's a mutual thing. Dante's a great human. Dante would have contributed no matter what at CSU. I don't care whose scheme he played in. Um, but I see guys like that and it makes sense to me. I'm like, okay, Dante's going to land somewhere. He's going to find a spot, you know, he's going to do really well. That sort of things make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think a lot of people can see the ones that make sense, but Obviously, it sucks, you know, because I I would love to see Dante, you know, Kai, McCullough, Devin Phillips. I mean, those guys, studs, really, truly could play in the NFL.
1: No, I mean, I'm right there with you. I I was disappointed to see all those guys leave. I I understood all the the positions for the most part. There were a couple guys that were playing quite a bit that confused me a little bit. But, I mean, like you said, there's a whole myriad of of things that go into it. I just kind of wanted to pick your perspective. I, I don't love the in-season transferring stuff, but I get that that's where we're at. I just that kind of goes
0: back to my point. You know, it, it's it's just like sometimes. And, and again, I guess there's always times where behind the scenes, you know, we don't know about what goes on. I mean, like I said with my cousin, I mean, there was not any respect. You know, yeah. I mean,
1: it sounds like from, they didn't do right and, and by him at all.
0: And, and he didn't transfer in this season but it, it's still that like okay this is going way downhill really quickly like before something you know goes gets even worse I maybe need to like take myself you know out of this situation that's some of the things that I could see but you're right sometimes it's hard i mean it's hard on the player too to transfer during the season i I never kind of understood that either you know unless you were in a position like you were hurt or something you know what I mean
1: I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it would feel weird to like, you know, you're so used to it. You're in this routine and then you're like watching all your friends and teammates still playing and you're just like in the stands, but I get it. I mean, everybody's got their own reasons. Um, I'm going to yeah. let you go here. I do want to ask yep. you though, what do you miss most about CSU Fort Collins?
0: Shoot. I mean, just, just the stability. You know, I think I was telling someone that the other day, like college is very stable, especially when you're a starter um you get in a routine my hobbies all this kind of stuff um and Fort Collins in general I mean it just I think just the atmosphere of the university and the city and the town I mean I love it you know my family still we still own a house there you know in Fort Collins and uh obviously that goes to show how much I you know really like the city and stuff and um I just I really do miss like I said like just how community orientated everything was and kind of how respectful everybody was around the college. I mean, it was just a great place. And I was just lucky enough to to land there and to, you know, not know much about it and wind up in a really great, great city.
1: Well, man, like I told you before we started recording, you were always great to work with. You were always really gracious, both in victory and defeat, something that I very much appreciate. It's always, you know, kind of an awkward position when you've got to, you know, pick players' brains after, you know, a heartbreaking loss. like. I don't, I remember that 2017 season. I remember for instance, like you like, I don't know what to go in and ask those guys. Like, I know they're hurting so bad, but you were totally. always great to work with and I appreciate it. And it's just been so cool to, you know, see you go on and accomplish what we all knew was possible. Thank you yeah, for doing well, the I, time to do this as well.
0: Yeah. I pre- No, I appreciate it too. I mean, you've always been great to me and, and that's, you know, part of the reason why I agreed to do this. Cause I mean, I, I want to, you know, I think it's, it's awesome to acknowledge where you come from, who's been a part of your journey and, and, you know, you're never too big, big time for it, for anything, whether that's college, high school, you know, it's all part of the journey. So I really do appreciate you and, and everything that you've done for CSU and for me. And it's been awesome to kind of keep this relationship going. It
1: means a lot, man, sincerely.